0: I'm here to get my dad more listeners er, So we can get sponsors faster So this is more funny So more listeners
1: Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And as you can tell by our new sounder, it is a news episode. And this is our headline news for the week. We know it's been a while. It's been an extra week long um, since our news episode was due, uh, thanks to our wonderful opportunity at Wilcon. But it is time to get into the news, and Sammy put a really interesting right at the
0: top of this thing here. Sammy, what, what we got going first? So obviously, as we've been on our little news hiatus, uh, New York Comic Con happened. So we had a lot, a lot of things come out of that. But I think one of the biggest was we got a new trailer and a release date for Picard. So the new Star Trek CBS All Access show.
1: And I mean, I I love that we do this show because the um, I mean I, I I love the reviews. The reviews are great. My I mean I love doing the reviews, but also I think a lot of stuff slips through the cracks. Not just for I mean for everybody. I think it was, I mean there's so much in the in the, in the world now. I mean ner- the nerds have taken over pop culture, um and stuff slips yeah. through the cracks. And I think Picard would have slipped through the cracks for me.
2: Um, yeah, it probably would have. And it's a great time to be a nerd with everything coming out.
0: So, uh, you know, as but, far as premiere, Picard, Picard right now is going to be dropping on January 23rd. So we're going to get it right after the new year, essentially. Yeah. So and that's that lull where a lot of TV shows are on hiatus still. So that's it's, I think when they're going to be dropping that, like I said, on CBS. So I, I, As far as the, the trailer specifically, though, I, I thought it was pretty interesting because like on
1: the first one, we didn't really see much of anything. And then the second one we got more of a feel for the show like it was going to be more like outer space adventure stuff. And then this one we got to see some more actual plot stuff like who the big bad is and that there's some tension in the federation or and so I mean we, I think we got more of an idea of what the plot of the show was going to be. And so I mean, it was really interesting and yeah. a few surprise Appearances.
2: Yeah, I think the rollout with the with the release of the trailers have been very interesting because we did we seen our beloved Picard home in the vineyards. You know, we seen the vineyards there, and, and with the next trailer, like you said, we see a few little other hints and things. But here we actually see some characters, some very familiar faces, and some familiar faces that were maybe happy, not so happy to see as far as the big bad goes. <laughs> i don't I'm not, i don't want to i don't want to spoil this for anyone who hasn't seen it but are we just going to go ahead and, and drop it
1: what well, but look here's the deal i mean the, drop, it like, the... hot, <laughs> <laughs> drop never, it like it's hot jamie drop it never nobody wants to see that i promise you. <laughs> um, no but the whole i mean look you're listening to our news episode like it i'm gonna write news on the description i mean you know what you're signing up for if, you, if you're one of the people that avoids <laughs> trailers. You probably don't want to listen to these episodes. The Borg show up. I love the Borg. It's one of my favorite things in in Star Trek. Uh, So um, I didn't know. If if they were in the previous show, other than Seven of Nine, I didn't know the Borg were going to be this big a deal in it. So I'm even more interested now. The Borg
2: have really became a huge deal in the star trek universe as far as the big bad we've had so many different iterations you know the the interaction between kirk and khan uh, the you know just them having to save the world you know in the in the classic uh, series there's just really not a huge big villain but the next generation really introduces i think to two great villains which was you know one uh, probably my favorite is is Q, and then the other is is the Borg. Um, and I know in the tra- in the uh, trailer uh, we also see uh, number one and Data uh, show up again. So that's uh, really heartwarming for me. Data being probably one of my favorite uh, of all time Star Trek characters.
0: Now, now was the number one you're referring to Riker or the dog? That made me laugh. <laughs>
1: made number one.
2: We named the dog Indy.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we do see Rocker and we see Troy. Yeah. Uh, um. So, so Maria uh, service is coming back to play, you know, Donna Troy. So not Donna Troy, but you know mm. what I mean? Donna Troy. <laughs> go. I've got the Titans on the brain. Sorry guys. <laughs>
1: Now, I'm, at some point down the road, we're gonna have to review some another Star Trek movie, at least one more, because I've got questions about the Borg Queen that we can't get—we don't have time to get into right now, and that's not the purpose of the, this episode. <laughs> but I, I've got questions, so. Uh, but what? N- moving on. Now we need—we need to move on. Um, we've got another new Walking Dead show. Yes. Is that a thing we need? Or is, that or, a, or is that a thing AMC needs? I think that's well, a thing, thing AMC
0: needs. Something. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Fear the Walking Dead, so I don't know exactly how this is going to work. Uh, this is an interesting concept, though. This is going to be focusing on a group of younger people, basically people who are who have been growing up in the middle of this apocalypse for 10 years. So it happens 10 years after. Or the original outbreak, um, so you got a lot of younger people. I think they call themselves the the endings or the endlings or something to that effect. Um, of course, my question is, is is AMC vying for CW's viewership? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find a I was like a sparkly zombie type
1: joke. I was trying to think of something. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I, I have uh, thoroughly missed the uh, phenomenon that is the Walking Dead. But yeah, two spinoffs, and I know uh, Fear. If my understanding is correct, like I said, I've mainly missed this. Is, has Fear really taken hold, or it, I didn't think it had?
1: I don't know. Um, I'll if you want me talking, ask one of my my brothers. I think they both watch. I, I know Josh what? is watches it religiously, but
2: oh, okay. Yeah, I I, I didn't think that that was so much of a thing. Yeah.
1: I lost interest in the TV show, but I read every single issue of the series, like 178 issues, something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the the world is big,
0: yeah. And there's a lot yeah. you can
1: do, and there's there's there's, a, there's bigger than you could think, and it plays with like different zombie type stories that you usually get. Um, so there's room for this,
0: but it's clearly like, hey, we gotta we gotta keep this thing moving. <laughs> well, we do have some movies on the horizon, also though. So supposedly uh, Andrew Garfield will be back as Rick, but but it's going to be on on the big screen instead of the small. So I don't know they want to keep this thing alive.
2: Well, it has definitely made them some money. And I know with the Breaking Bad movie El Camino, uh, you know, having a a brief theatrical premiere and then moving to Netflix, uh, you know, that that shows getting a lot of steam. So AMC's, you know, got some got some cash on there. But you know, going from zombies to another great fantastical thing that I that I truly enjoy, uh, dinosaurs. We have um, Jurassic Park World. Everybody's going <laughs> to pile on here. So what's what's the story here, guys? I haven't seen or heard anything about this. I know we've had the uh, the two Jurassic World movies. Uh, and they were both fun for what they were, you know, but what they were was what they were. Uh, so what's, what's happening here with, uh, with the Jurassic park slash world. Well,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll say what I know. Cause I think Sammy knows more. So I'll, I'll give the bare bones of what I was able to discover. Cause I think based on how our notes went, Sammy knows a little more than me. Um, I couldn't find any plot details at all. Like, I don't right. know what this movie is about. Um right. but, uh, What I know is that Colin Trevorrow, the director, is coming back. The guy who directed the first Jurassic World. And so he's coming back. And then nearly every single actor who's appeared in a Jurassic movie is coming back. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know how they're going to make that story work. I don't know any plot points. Nothing. I just know that the cast list is gigantic. So everybody's coming back. I can only
2: hope they they bring back Wayne Knight and Sam Jackson. (laughs)
0: <laughs> if only, if only. If yeah.
2: I mean they were able to clone a dinosaur
0: why not right Sam Jackson would come back it wouldn't matter he'd figure I'm out how clone to do it I Sam Jackson I don't think anybody's cloning Wayne Knight <laughs> <laughs> you know what I really do find interesting about this is you know I think we're in this period of nostalgia and people who grew up especially on the original Jurassic Park want to kind of bring things back you know I mean we all go through this situation you know where we want to touch base back um so to think about Sam Neill coming back as Alan Grant and Laura Dern to come back as Ellie and even you know the great and powerful Jeff Goldblum to come back as as Dr. Ian Malcolm you know throwing him in there with Chris Pratt uh, this could be really interesting to see how Owen Grady is going to play off of both Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I was going to ask if Star-Lord and uh, Gwen Stacy were going to be in there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, and the uh, Grandmaster. Yes. Uh, I did have a um, – I did notice that the uh, the kids weren't coming back um yeah. apparently they're lobbying to come back but like the the, the from the from the original jurassic park movie they they child actors who are obviously old people now like us no oh, that would be fun <laughs> they want to come back i don't know they're being taken up on it <laughs> uh, Yeah. But I, I child wonder, actors have struggled. but i wonder i wonder too if um part of this is is that the second movie wasn't as well received as the first one right and um, and I, I think the box office took a sizable dip too so I yeah. wonder if this is also not just a nostalgia trip, but also like, Hey, our pockets didn't get filled up as fast as, or as much as we wanted them to. Like maybe if we, right. you know, get all this back together and get the nostalgia bucks thrown in too. Right. You know, on. Well, I'm a
2: huge, Sam Neill fan. I'm a huge, huge Jeff Goldblum fan. So I'm, I would be, I would love to see them make a return to this franchise.
1: And hold but, us. But, She's good. Too.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, you know, we've got a while uh, right now. I think it's <laughs> and, and, and we
2: do have the Last Jedi review coming up, so
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, right now it's slated for June eleventh of twenty twenty one. So we've got a while probably before we we see this, and I'm sure we'll hear a lot more and talk about this probably a lot more, I'd say, on the show. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, speaking of something a little more current and kind of in Sam's corner of the comics universe here, uh, Joker seems to be raking. Bank at the box office, guys. Oh
0: yeah, uh, ninety-six million opening, uh, with right now passing three hundred and fifty million worldwide. So wow. that puts it uh, on the largest October release of all time. Well, wow.
2: so and now is this the biggest DC movie of all time now?
0: No, no, it's it's still got a ways with that. It's um, not going to reach that. No, no, we're not. We're not going to see. It might, what, um, I think BVS is probably. See, I
2: knew, I knew that
0: producer. was pretty huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, no, I mean, like, I think. I'm trying to remember, Batman Begins did what? Five hundred million? Something, somewhere in that range.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, and, and I also forgot about The Dark Knight. Yeah, so, yeah and Dark Knight, Dark
1: Knight, Dark Knight Rises were both over a billion. And I, wow. I can't see the Joker get anywhere near those. Well, no. well, I don't
2: know. I'll tell you, if Dark Knight Rises got over a billion, Joker better get over a billion.
0: <laughs> oh, we may have to review that then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, mm. and there's been a lot of back and forth about this. Uh, there's, you know, critics and fans alike are, have been really split on this movie. I know yeah, other podcasts sometimes. I've listened to, they've almost got into throwdowns literally on their show over it.
2: Well, you know, I've, I've heard I've not had the opportunity to see the movie yet. I know we've we've spoken about our family situation. You know, I've not had a chance to see the movie yet, but I've heard quite a bit about it, and the uh, the, the darkness that, that it addresses is is apparently pretty intense. And I understand, you know, adults want movies. I understand we want a uh, you know a, a weight and an emotional weight and a psych uh, you know a psychic kind of, you know, feel mentally there. But, you know, these all of these R rated movies I'm just not a huge fan of with the comic books because you do have so many parents who are so confused about what a comic book movie is evolving into as we get into these ages and how these comic book movies are, are forming out now. Of course, you know, with characters like Deadpool, with characters like The Joker, it's gonna be pretty dark. It's gonna be pretty sick and gruesome. So You know, that's just something to keep in mind there. But I'm really interested, especially with Joaquin Phoenix's take. uh, I've heard he just really owns this role.
0: And you know, the the funniest thing is everybody's complained about DC being too dark and gritty. Now we get the Joker and it's dark and gritty and everybody's got, it's awesome. Yeah, and
2: it's great. Yeah.
1: So. (laughs) Well, you brought up DC. I'm really confused about the next thing you put on the list here. Okay. And I yeah. and I did and I did some research.
2: Okay. I, now I've been confused up. about DC since the New Fifty Two. I didn't know what they were doing there, but you but go ahead.
1: Please. Well see the New Fifty Two worked for me because it was a fresh start and I I got on board. I mean it was about the time I got back into comics. I was like, hey, I don't need to know anything. This is great <laughs> <laughs> And um so I look I read an article today where they were interviewing Dan DeDio and he was trying to explain what this was. Mm-hmm. it sounds t- this is my understanding I know I'm wrong because I'm super confused and I, at the end of it I wasn't sure he knew what he was talking about Um, it sounds like they're going through the entire backlog of DC history and picking and choosing the moments that matter and they're chucking everything else in the waste bin that doesn't matter hmm. is that
0: right I mean or did I completely misunderstand you uh, we know that there's there is some of that going on they're talking about this being a revision and expansion. Uh, so I don't know how you expand and revise uh, when you're dealing with, with a timeline. Uh, you know, DC's always kind of played fast and loose with their timeline anyway. Um, and we've had numerous shifts and, and reshifts in the timeline from crisis to zero hour, uh, you know, up through Flashpoint and, and all of these types of things. But what they're doing now that I think is interesting is instead of talking about timelines, they're talking about generations. They're setting their history up in four four generations. Now, what makes it really interesting is Generation 1 is Wonder Woman. Now, Wonder Woman will be the first hero of the DC Universe. Hmm. Okay, So this will take in a lot of the golden age with Wonder Woman, uh, the Justice Society of America, and it's Generation 2 before we get the arrival of Superman. Well, That doesn't make sense. So, like I said, it, it's going to be an interesting way to do this. And in that Generation 2 is where the Justice League and the original incarnation of the Teen Titans comes in. So, they're, we, so, they're, so they're not just picking and choosing, they're rearranging. Yes, they're hmm. basically realigning their timeline. Basically, the history of the DC universe is being realigned. Now, they <laughs> hate this because old Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen has been messing around with DC's timeline, supposedly. So okay. there's a series out right now called Doomsday Clock. Hmm. And essentially, what it's saying is at the end of Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan has come into the DC universe. And he's decided to play around with the timeline, but no matter what he does, he can't get rid of Superman. So no matter what, Superman keeps showing up in the timeline, even after he tries to fix it so there's no Superman.
2: Oh wow! Well, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, but you know, timelines, uh, especially as we come into new ages uh, with new political, you know, situations going on, new um, world. Uh, situations happening you know because it used to be you know the nazis were the bad guys and then it was the vietnamese and it was the communists you know as as we come on so and the the reshuffling of the timeline i I know it's kind of been a thing with with captain america and some of the other characters you know the kids just don't get you know the the commies or the nazis like like we used to so uh, (laughs) it's it's kind of it's true Kind of I'm kind a, of interesting I'm how to do that. I
1: make communist jokes all the time. My kids have no idea. What I'm no talking
2: clue. About. No clue what we're talking about. No <laughs> clue what we're talking about. But speaking right, of guys,
0: generations, uh, we're going to be back. We're back, be back on Russia's uh, watch list now. So we <laughs> mentioned communism.
2: Well, communism. Yeah. Let's see. Let's go ahead and get back on China as well. So Russia, <laughs> China. Tokyo, Hong Kong. Still, okay, we.
1: This was like a red dawn, uh, movie we, we, there. We, yeah, we, really. We should
2: get those. Uh, we should get those uh, Far Eastern do- uh, bots back. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One last <laughs> thing on the timeline, but uh, oh, the Generation train. Three is going to be Crisis on Infinite Earths, oh, okay. and then it's going to be Crisis up to Flashpoint, and Generation Four is Flashpoint and Beyond. So Flashpoint and Beyond is what contains the New 52 and Rebirth. And all of those things. what's so, the significance of generations? I didn't understand what that even meant. Like, what was the purpose of delineating things that way? Have no idea. Uh, there was a, a few limited series called Generations by like, John Byrne did a number of them uh, back in the early '90s up through the 2000s. I think there were three limited series called Generations. So I don't know if that's something they're playing off of. It's one of those wait and sees. All right, well we're boring, Dwayne. We need to move on.
2: Well, that's very um, interesting. Speaking of generations, uh, <laughs> a, a console has uh, has announced a new generation uh, upcoming. Uh, PlayStation 5, the PS5. So uh, Sony needs to find the guy who decided to name it the PS1 and the PS2 and give this guy a big bonus because their you know marketing is solved till 10, you know till PSX, you know. <laughs>
1: I, I've heard some interesting stuff about the PlayStation 5. Number one, I don't like. I mean, one of the first thing I heard is they're changing the controller. They've got the perfect controller and I know how to hit the buttons. I don't have to think about it because if, if I play on any other console, I've got to think too hard about how the buttons work because I'm, <laughs> I'm hardwired to use a PlayStation controller. <laughs> but I've, but, the, um, but the, uh, the thing I'm hearing that's making me a little bit nervous is that in response to mobile games, and the switch that they're gonna load this thing up with extra features and capabilities and jack the price up sky high. Like I'm hearing, Man. maybe like a twelve hundred to fourteen hundred dollar price point.
2: Oh my wow. goodness, that's that's insane. Now I was kind of like um, I will tell you in the, uh, the the in the Nintendo, Sega, and. Uh, and sony wars you know with playstation i was a die-hard nintendo die-hard nintendo so i never touched a playstation until playstation 3 and in all seriousness and truthfulness and honesty i bought a playstation 3 because it was the best blu-ray player on the market at the time (laughs) you know I did not buy it for games now you know the, the, they have really taken off with their media uh, applications on the PlayStation that's one thing that I do enjoy about that and uh, and they probably have some of the best media features there as far as uh, you know the upgrade ability with drives and software and stuff but yeah bringing this thing at a 1400 dollar price point i mean what you know i mean you're you need to be kind of like a uh, you know, have to have a pretty sizable disposable income to throw down on that.
1: Well, I, I think I think the the concern is is that they're the the PC gaming is still a big deal, and they're not they're not rooting that market like they wanted to, and so many younger people are all playing the mobile games on their phones right. and tablets yeah. and stuff, and they're and they're not playing games on consoles, and so they're right. probably shooting more for like us, the middle aged dudes that are still playing well, um, <laughs> their games. Well, um, now,
2: like that. what? How much? You know how awesome would it be to have a World of Warcraft port, you know, on, on on the PlayStation Network. You know how awesome would it be to have, you know, some of these massive multiplayer online. You know these big giant. I know they have some great shooter games. Yeah. You know, there's also some shooter games, uh, you know, that's kind of exclusive to your uh, to your uh, you know PCs also.
1: Um, well, it's not just the, the games, there are but also that the, they're going to load it up with features. Um, like it's supposed to come preloaded with VR now. Yes. Um, and it's gonna have a 4K Blu-ray. In mm-hmm. it. like it'll be ba- it'll be back to being the top of the line Blu-ray player again. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. And that's why the price point's gonna be so high.
0: Well, and it is going to be backward have backward cap, uh, capability, though. So it's going to have oh, that capability. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that that's a good change that they really PS4s lost the work on. Things like that, yeah. Uh, and that was a big thing even with Xbox. When they came with the Xbox One, there were very limited games that you could play from your 360. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like all of my, my Lego games that I loved uh, kind of went to the wayside when I got, you know, my Xbox One. So I was a little sad about that. So I love to see when they've got this backward compatibility happening. Uh, And I think the biggest thing with it they're talking about is they're changing the way the drive is done. I'm not a techie, so they are changing over to a solid state drive. Uh, instead of a uh, the, the previous type of drive, I've heard this terminology before. Mm. It sounds awesome, whatever that might mean. <laughs> so, may <laughs> have some I don't know listeners that that could even chime in on the Facebook group or send us an email to kind of educate us on on what this means. Um, ooh, 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 I think ooh, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, they won't get that. They won't get the horseshack. Sorry. <laughs>
1: I made a red Dawn reference. You went even further back than that. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> but, uh, no Now no, the, sol- the solid state drive oh, would be God. more like a, uh, would be more like an SD card, you know, be more like flash memory. Uh, whereas the drive that's in there now is more like a computer drive with a spinning disc, which is a lot more prone to damage and, uh, and uh, you know, static electricity in the room. You can kind of, uh, you know, really damage one of those if you handle them wrong. Uh, with the, with the flash memory, um, even if the internal battery goes dead, it's, you know, the memory's still there. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's still still, still kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, if, if they uh, – I know, Jamie, you said they were toying around with the controller. Do you have any clue on what they're doing there?
1: Well, I know they're changing its, like, capabilities. Like, we've had the Rebel Pack technology since PlayStation 1. Right. Um, they're changing that. It's going to be, like, uh, the thing I heard, like, described is, like, when you, like, it's going to feel differently to be run, when you run a car into a wall versus getting tackled by a linebacker. Okay. It's going to feel different. It's going to be more responsive.
2: Oh, wow. And, so instead of just a basic vibration, it's going to be yeah. more jumpy or and,
1: and you're going to be able to set the trigger buttons. So, like, if you want to have more resistance, like, if you're playing a shooting game, you can set your trigger to have, like, more resistance to it, like a like an actual trigger on a gun. Oh, wow. That's neat. Or, like, you'll have more more, like you know uh uh i don't know the right word it's late at night guys sorry <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's more like you, you you can tinker with it more to set it up for a, how you want it to do how, like individual how you want to play yeah if, and, okay. and apparently for each game like you can have like preset things for each game you're going to play and have your controller set up differently for every single game
2: so when you load that game your controller automatically goes to that so yeah. so say preset but
1: person. I just don't want to change the button configuration itself.
2: Yeah. yeah as long as they don't so used, the button don't have configuration. To think about yeah. yeah. As long as they don't change the button configuration. One of the things I know where you were talking about them having a, a lot of competition with, uh, you know, handheld mobile games and with the computer gaming market that might could get them into the market. PlayStation, if, you're, you, know, if you want to take this, I mean, you know, I'll take a 20% fee, uh, is uh, maybe on the controller have a touchpad you know, to like the, uh, you know, for the swapping and stuff on the, on the screen, you know, that, that could work, you know, to and have it the capability to download apps essentially would be really neat. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. So anyway, um, that's uh, so that's the PlayStation five guys. So that wraps us up on our headline news. Next is going to be, I think kind of a rapid fire round with the, round table rewind
1: all right let's go rapid fire with the rewind here if we're capable of it fellas we've been uh going a lot longer than i expected already (laughs) um but uh so sammy threw on here and some more dc news um i'm not shocked we've already had had lots of we've had star trek (laughs) and dc already so we've got more dc coming um (laughs) So Harley, I had somehow this had slipped by. We mentioned earlier about things slipping through the cracks. This somehow, I had no idea this was a thing until I saw this on the note on the on the on our outline, and went and looked it up.
0: Harley Quinn's getting an animated series. Yes. Um, wh- what's the story on this scene? So Harley Quinn animated will drop on the DC streaming service on November 29th. Uh, so it's you know right right about a month away for us, uh, and. For the first time, we're getting a new voice. So Kelly Kelly Coco from The Big Bang Theory will be voicing Harley Quinn, and this is not animation for children. Uh, <laughs> this is not kids animation. This is straightforward adult animation for this. So. Um, well. Wow. Something to be thinking
1: on there. <laughs> and if 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 there are any, is anybody, anybody listening to this who's listened to any of the Graphically novel episodes? We have our cast it section, and I felt pretty smug when I saw that the that she was doing the voice because that's who I cast for that's Harley correct.
0: Quinn.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, uh, now with uh, with Suicide Squad with the uh, Suicide Squad two with the Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey uh, movie coming out. I mean. Is anybody else just kind of getting disinterested when they see the name Harley Quinn? Okay. Both of you guys are shaking your head. No. Okay. (laughs) But I did. So apparently me and the cheese stand alone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't have anything insightful to say about this, but I, I do have, there is a DC character that I have this absurd. I know it doesn't make any sense. There's nobody but me that feels this way. I saw King shark in the background of one of the steals from that thing. And I got so excited. Nobody else saw that image. It's all King shark. and got excited. But me (laughs) somehow King shark is showing up and I'm happy about that. So yes, I love that guy.
2: Well, I know we've made some really old school references, so let's make an even (laughs) older reference with 1917, the world war one movie uh, being filmed as a one shot. Now this really, I was really excited about this movie before, but This being presented as a one-shot really gets me excited and interested because war is such a difficult thing to portray. And you can really get into the... Uh, you know the tediousness of of the waiting or preparations, and then the frantic few seconds of of the fighting which you know apparently with World War one I, I mean you know the bombing was constant, the shelling was was just so constant so this is a really interesting take, and I cannot wait to to get a chance to see this thing
0: you know I'm interested to see how they do this you know I've seen Birdman. Uh, with Michael Keaton. And it was one of the first movies I'd seen with this one continuous shot from scene to scene following characters. And they got really creative with that movie, how they did that. So I'm really interested, like you said, with war and so many moving parts and so many things going on. Uh, I'd re- it's going to really have to focus on your the main characters, I think, to be able to keep that that kind of dynamic up. Yeah.
1: Well, they they had me already when it, I mean, it was Sam Mendes doing a period piece again, and so that was, they had me with that, and so this this is an extra little icing on the cake, like oh, it's another little wrinkle, to, you know, to, to pique the interest. So, um, all right, I think I, I think I'm gonna zig when you guys zag
0: on this next one. So the the Kingsman prequel is happening. So um, Kingsman 17 is not the only movie in World War One. Uh, the Kingsman. <laughs> it's also said in World War One. So. That
1: that's a better transition than I had. Good job. <laughs> um, so it's basically. So I watched the trailer today, and here here's my thoughts. And you guys can tell me if I'm wrong about this one. The second Kingsman movie didn't do well, so they're remaking the Kingsman movie again and calling it something slightly different. That's what it feels <laughs> like. It feels like they put Eggsy back in World War One or whatever that was, and they're like just making the same movie again.
2: Yeah I think uh, they've got prequel fever you know along with everybody else yeah. uh, but still that's just such a fun universe that thought I, I yeah. like they've created and and this seems to me like what's this is going to be like an origins of the organization yes. of, or you know, kind of how that comes about so that is going to be really really fun to to
1: look okay, into I know we I don't try to go rapid fire but I've got a question about that well, am I wrong? I thought in the first movie they said this was a lot older than that. Like it went back even further than that.
2: Well, I see. I know one of the trailers uh, had even knights with mm-hmm. with swords and things.
1: Yeah, Yes.
2: Yeah, I know one of the trailers had that. So I wonder if it's going to be kind of like uh, you're going to have some flashbacks, maybe, or you know, uh, one of the characters are going to give this guy talking to as as things are happening. Like throughout time, there has been a man who's you know been the most. Awesome supporter of the king, and he's just been able to be a spy and an assassin and a hero and all this great stuff. So, and and you'll see all these great flashbacks to to the uh, the the leading up to the formation of the Kingsman, the circle.
0: Now 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 just to mention real quick, because I'm not taking anything about that second movie. Come on, Elton John was throwing down in that movie. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
2: Yeah, those, those movies are what they are, and they are a ton of fun in my back. Yeah. They are a ton of fun in my back. So, you know, and I'm I'm predicting that this thing does pretty well. I'm predicting that this that this movie does pretty well.
1: well speaking of predictions, it's time to cause me pain. It's Trelawney time. Dad, what time is it? It's Trelawney time. It's
0: Trelawney time.
2: It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. A baby don't you whine. It's dramatic. It's dramatic.
1: all right, and so now we're going back to something else I'm wrong about um. So what did what, what, what did we predict last time? Well, what no, we? we
2: had two. Uh, we've got two movies to bring up because uh, I uh, oh I, was, I get to be uh, wrong twice this illness, week. so, so Jamie, we're bringing <laughs> we're bringing double the pain, baby, double the pain. Um, so previously, uh, the last episode, I was actually uh, a part of. We had talked about Rambo, Last Blood. Last blood. Yes, yeah, so uh, this thing, uh, I don't know if it even came and went in theaters around here. I think I might have saw it for a weekend um, at, the, at the local thing. But, uh, Jamie, you predicted this movie at a 61%. I,
1: I was feeling generous.
2: Um, Sam, 32. And myself, Dwayne, had it at 27%. Now, I know we're a week late. Uh, a couple weeks late from uh, our actual time We were supposed to have looked at this So this may not be as fair as it could possibly be But the Rotten Tomatoes score is a 27% oh, right on the nose <laughs>
0: so I
2: got it right on the nose uh, So it right.
0: gonna...
1: Now here's the thing Dwayne has been really humble with his words I can see his face. He is super stuck <laughs> right now.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not saying my head's going to fit through the door when we get done recording, but, you know.
1: <laughs> those
0: those you headphones know. are looking a little tight right now, buddy.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, 27% Rambo Last Blood. Uh, I don't think uh, to anyone but Jamie that this score was a surprise.
1: Um, I don't know. I, I thought it looked, I, I don't know. I, I thought it looked like it might be above average, like it was yeah, hit it, above the 50 percent mark. Uh,
2: they they put the good, they put the pretty things in the trailer. Um, so, and I'm, next we have a movie yeah, we right. just recently talking about uh, earlier on in our headline news uh, section. There is uh, the Joker. Uh, now we've all had really high hopes of this movie. We all knew, you know, great director, great actor, hopefully great script. We've loved what we've seen in trailers. Um, so um, I'm going to start because I was actually the lowest on this. Uh, with my prediction, you guys contacted me while I was out uh, dealing with my illness, uh, was 88%. Sam uh, jumped two points up for 90 Jamie's being a little more generous as well again with a 94%. <laughs> So, Jamie, 94, Sam, 98. I was and, so
1: confident about this one.
2: And Dwayne at
1: 88.
2: Now, the Rotten Tomatoes score as it stands today, just before recording, is
1: 68%. And dropping. Wow.
2: 68% and dropping. Now, uh, like Sam said, this seems to be a very divisive movie. So, so you've got some folks who really, truly love it and some folks who really seriously, apparently don't. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Now so, it's now it was it was closer to where I was, I think, opening weekend. But it's been yeah. dropping precipitously ever since. So.
2: Yeah. yeah. I remember it starting pretty high, but it has it has dropped. So as it stands now, it was sixty eight percent. So.
1: Uh, in my defense, it you know, gives off like a highbrow vibe, and so I thought critics would like it.
0: That was yeah. my reasoning. it.
2: Yeah, you would think so. So apparently they. Uh, they felt the smugness there and said, you know, we're, we're knocking <laughs> it down. But the,
0: the thing no. is that there's still a lot of Oscar talk for that movie. They're still thinking Joaquin's going to get at least a nom- nomination for best actor. So I don't well, know.
2: I, I have not heard the first negative thing about his performance. No matter what I've heard about the movie, I've not heard the first negative about his performance. And, and like we've uh, always uh, believed heaped praise upon him for being just a phenomenal uh, dedicated actor. But right, and, um, uh,
1: speaking of Oscar-nominated movies, how about let's talk about *Zombieland 2*? That's yes. optional, right, guys?
2: That, that's a great segue. Uh, that was a great, great segue <laughs> well, well, there, You wrote that right through the window. Well,
0: um, well, well Jamie, you know, we, we we doubled the the pain, but now we're doubling tap. So now it's...
2: *Zombieland 2* double tap. Uh, bringing well, back Woody Harrelson. Jesse Eisenberg, the, yeah, whole, the, cast. the whole group there uh, uh, in the land of zombies again. So, this movie, just like the first one, looks like a ton of fun, and I'm so excited for it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump on here because I didn't get to last time, but I'm going to throw down my score as a 72. Oh,
0: okay. Okay.
2: 172.
0: Well, I actually have the same score, Dwayne, 72%. Okay. Now, I, I was going to bump it up if Woody finally found the stash of Twinkies, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep it at 72 just in case.
1: Yeah. Well, I am going the other direction. Um, I, I guess any direction but the other direction. You'll have the exact same number. Um <laughs> It's late at night, guys. That's my only defense. Um, and it's Trelawney time, so I- I've got to be wrong all over the place. Um, I've got a bad feeling about this one. Um, I'm going to go low on this one. I'm going to go 53%. Ooh, okay.
2: 53%? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, i am
1: just, I don't know. Sometimes the trailer, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not sure about it.
2: Just not sure about it. Well, this kind of makes me feel like a cliffhanger TV show. Uh, from the from the 70s or early 80s will sam and duane score with the 72 (laughs) percent or will sam or will jamie come through with the low score tune in next news episode to find out keep it nerdy graphically novel three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week Listen as the Brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel, three brothers who like each other but love comics.